Hey, what's going on, Champagne Sharks? This is Trevor. We have with us Kenny. What up, yo? And we have Vita, who is um, coming right back. She just got up for a second. And we have with us uh, Aaron Fountain. If you can tell the people who you are and where to find you. Oh, hey, I'm Aaron G. Fountain Jr. I'm a PhD candidate at Indiana University. And you can find me at Twitter with my hashtag Aaron Fountain Jr. or my YouTube channel, Exposed the Manosphere. Yeah, so I found you because I was, I forgot how the conversation started, but there was the usual gender war stuff on Twitter. And I was in someone's replies about something. And then someone said, you know, there's a lot more crazy, crazier people than him. And I was like, really? Because <laughs> there was something, there was, like, was just a really weird guy saying like uh, horrendous stuff about black women. And then there was a bunch of divestors in his mention saying horrible stuff about black men. And then uh, he told me about these different people. And one was called BGIS, IBMOR, and some other ones. And then, but then he's like, if you really want to get the full picture, you have to check out this guy's articles and videos exposing the manosphere. And I was like, really? Okay. So I went down the rabbit hole of your videos and it was really, <laughs> really um, intense. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today this whole online black manosphere and just the general online gender warring stuff that's happening for example there's this divesting and swirl movement and Mm -hmm. it's a big it's a big mess but i wanted to ask you how you kind of fell into this and what keeps you uh, plowing through it because i gotta say to distill the videos that you have made you have had to have watched i'm assuming about four times the content you know you know to figure out what to edit and what not to edit so to make that many videos you've had to have watched a lot that fascinates me i figure it's got to be brutal and thank you for your service oh no problem yeah it, it does take a toll on mental on my mental health so how, <laughs> <laughs> so how i found it has it, to. oh no no it does but in terms of um, how i found it it actually happened completely by accident so i i took so i became a candidate for i became a phd candidate in january 2018 and because i was deciding to pursue non-academic jobs i took an internship with the national park service in lincoln nebraska so and i say that because this gives me a lot more time than i had it um then I did when I was in my um, graduate program. So just like one day I was in Des Moines, Iowa, and I came across a documentary while eating a breakfast called Trump Land Kill All Normies. And what the what the documentary looked at was the links between the alt-right and sexual frustrations. And in the documentary, they talked about the manosphere and the red pill. And they had like an infamous clip of Rouge V, who said that women shouldn't be educated beyond the eighth grade, that biologically they should only be prone to just make babies and shouldn't be taught anything higher than reading and education. So this, this is when I first heard the whole like Manosphere Red Pill and I didn't look into it anymore. But then coincidentally, a month later in April, the Toronto van attack occurred and that's what kind of made incels mainstream. And looking at the coverage, I was kind of confused as to why many journalists were only focusing on white men because I know there are definitely non-white men um, who would, would definitely um, self-identify or at least relate to uh, being an incel. And because I was a freelance writer who writes about topics and I'm interested I decided I wanted to write a piece about black incels. So over the course of that time, I just one day I randomly, randomly came across a video by O'Shea Duke Jackson, who interviewed a black incel. And from there, I just started watching more of his content. And he would just have people come onto his um, platforms. And of course, you kind of fall into the rabbit hole. You're like, oh, I want to see what this person's about. So you just follow their content. They invite other people. And it pretty much creates like a snowball effect. And the deeper I got, the more troubling I started started noticing it it was. Um, and I would say the turning point to me was a YouTuber named Donovan Sharp, who I kind of watch often. He was entertaining, but also very sexist and misogynistic. And he made a video pretty much saying that educated women were fraudulent 
And I mean, he just goes on this very misogynistic rant. It's actually one of my first videos. And, <laughs> and, and, and that's, that's pretty much what led me to write the first article. And the reason why I still write about it is because um, observing the group, I realized that the group, it wants to go mainstream. And my fear is that it's, it's pretty much an online community that spews men, toxic men's rights and red pill talking points under the veneer as a digital platform for black audiences. So many of the people who come into this, they have no idea what men's rights activism is. They don't really know what the red pill is. They don't know that this is basically rooted in online misogyny. And they pretty much kind of code it as like, we're just pr- trying to uplift black men. But you know, at the core, I'm like, no, it's very uh, misogynistic. And it co- it's really literally the culture wars that has been associated with white Americans have literally migrated to black Americans. So I pretty much just document it as a way to archive it because a lot of guys make videos private. They delete their videos. So it's, they can pretty much create this kind of um, alter image that isn't really true to how they originated. One thing that surprised me. Well, actually, before I get to that question, I want to ask what parts of it did you find entertaining before it got disturbed? Um, the call-in shows. So people would call in, they would just debate, and it would just be kind of funny, actually, uh, when people just get angry and they just say these very cliche arguments. And some of the conversations, to be totally honest, at first were interesting to me because I'm like, oh, here's some ordinary um, black men who are pretty much giving their opinions on things unfiltered, non-politically correct. And some of these were things I've heard all my whole entire life growing up, the whole idea that like, oh yeah, you know, well, black women ra- um, raise their boys to t- become the men that they complain about. It would stop I didn't find it very harmless, but also at the same time, I realized that it's really hard to spot um, sexism because a lot of it is normalized. And it's pretty much what just, and it, like I said, it was troubling when I just came across more more content creators. I would say the worst one, we'll probably talk about this later, is SYSBM, Save Yourself Black Men. And yeah, it pretty much sealed the deal for me. Um, is um, SYSBM a segment like MGTOW or is it a particular person? It's a segment like okay. MGTOW. All right. Yeah. So one th- thing that I found kind of interesting is how it's a lot of different types of people and beliefs in a group. Like it's not just like, say, the Rush V game guys who used to just be, be trying to use pickup artistry in game to get girls or the MGTOW or the, inc- or the incels. It's like a weird motley group that I don't understand how they can all kind of coexist you know like there's MGTOWs and incels alongside like pickup artists and I'm trying to think don't these people have like fundamentally different beliefs like that the incel thinks nothing he can do no matter how much game or tricks he learns he's never getting laid and then there's another guy who's saying anyone can get laid you just have to learn my tricks and like I can't understand how these people coexist what the binding thing is besides just being black and male and I was wanting to know if I was describing anything wrong or if there's something I'm missing or I'm not reflecting the reality in the ground correctly? Mm-hmm. No, that's true for the most part. I would say what could, what uh, unites it has to be anti-feminism because even though they might have all their disagreements with like women and whatnot, they all agree that feminism for somehow is has ruined like Western society and then that dating is harder than it ever has been before. I would say that's, it, that's pretty much what unites it, the anti-feminism and red pill ideology. But no, they have their disagreements like any other group. <laughs> that, that always exists. One thing that's so interesting about the black manosphere in contrast to like the white manosphere is that there's more cohesiveness. So when criticized, you can, it, when criticized, people from different ideological camp literally will come together and defend the group. That doesn't really happen in the white manosphere. That makes sense. It's kind of what happened with us, um, particularly with Henny. Like there was a lot of weirdos who uh, were jumping in to try to get us to go on and debate. Uh, yeah. And they wanted us like, to go on their show and debate them. And because I'm kind of, you know, the thing about with these guys, I think what, what happens with a lot of these dudes 
dudes is when it comes to dating, they have mm-hmm. this issue where they feel like they deserve a woman regardless of what their status is or what they do for a living, how they look, <laughs> no matter what. They feel like they deserve a woman and if they can't get not just a woman, but the woman that they want. So even if it's, I don't fucking know, Beyonce, Rosario Dawson, whoever. Mm-hmm. If they feel like they can't get that caliber of woman, they call themselves ugly. Then they start talk crazy about women, specifically black women. So I found that what I found is that they really are so hard on themselves because of something that, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. There's something when you peel that that onion back, mm-hmm. but they really do believe, because if you listen to that earlier Roger dude, that <laughs> dude was entitled as hell. Like he felt like yes. he should have a woman no matter what. And if he can't have one, the one that he wants, it's somebody else's fault. It's mm-hmm. uh, these black guys that wear George. It's, it's always somebody else's fault. And it's, it's really weird. It's some of the weirdest stuff I've ever heard of in my life. You know what I mean? So yeah, that does kind of boil down. So when I first came across a group, the talk they they they're, they're, they're whatever the main issue everybody's talking about, it changes constantly. But when I first entered it, it was about Pookie and Ray Ray versus the educated lame. So of course you know Pookie and Ray Ray is very stereotypical African American um slang in the black manosphere. Pookie and Ray Ray are believed to be desired by all black women, regardless of their social economic status and educational attainment. Whereas the educated lame is pretty much a guy who like went to college, but black women just don't really see as appealing. He's the Alex L cartoon. I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> oh, T, you got to show him the Alex L cartoon. Yeah, I'll show it to you after. And you know what's weird about that guy? Well, this guy used to make these cartoons that was basically all these talking points you're talking about. But the funny mm-hmm. thing with that dude is, I went back to his page recently. I was wondering, I was wondering, like, what did this guy do in the past couple of years? He must be really off the rails now, and he's mad normal. He's like, he like doesn't do anything like that anymore. He just does like you know positive art. You know? But the old stuff is still up there if you go back far enough. And I always wondered like what turned I'll, him I'll post, around. I'll post a link in the comment. Yeah, yeah. We can post a link in the comment. Okay. Yeah, one, one criticism of the, uh, it's an internal criticism is of the black manosphere is that a lot of guys are still upset about women they didn't get in their childhood. Yeah. So these, yeah, these, <laughs> I mean, these were the guys, not, they, they weren't all nerds, but some of them just were guys that weren't really good with women. Then they get older, they, they obtain some success and they're just curious as to why women still don't want them. And it's mostly because they didn't really like um, establish any type of social skills. Mm, uh, but no, sense. yeah, a lot of them are really upset about the, the, the past and even the present. So it's not that they can't get women. They just can't get the women that they want. Some of it is so funny, though, man. Like there's this guy I found because I just started mm-hmm. like trying to search and I forgot this one guy's name, but he basically does nothing but do videos about other beefs. And he just says it in this really kind of smiling, like he's about to crack up things. So he's like, you're not going to believe what happened in the manosphere this time. But O'Shea, Duke Jackson is now beefing with this person. He just gives like a, a blow by blow mm. commentary. I'm like, this Kenneth dude, Thomas? Was that? It sounds like him. He's kind of like the, he's, he's, he's like a known troll within the manosphere. I mean, he's cool with a lot of people, but he does a lot of um, dissected videos. Oh, the most, content what, 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 what's the name? Um, Kenneth, the Grandmaster Troll. Oh, yeah. That's that's him. That's mm-hmm. him. And, and he's a pretty funny guy. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. And he always acts like he's like uh, trolling everybody. Uh, but when I saw that, I was surprised. Like, wow, there's a lot of beefs. Because I, I saw all his videos. And I'm like, and what's weird is you can't keep track. Like, two dudes would be, uh, Kenny, Kenny, I swear you got to see this, right? I, uh, like, two dudes would be beefing when really bad and doing these, like, kind of ether call out videos to each other. And then you find out they're friends again. And it's like, okay, how, 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 how oh, yes, he knows. Yeah, yeah, they, they all, like, I'm like, how do you fall out with someone that bad and keep b- making back up with them? I saw one with uh, Alan Roger Curry mm-hmm. and Mumia Obsidian Ali. Ali going at it. And, you know, Alan Roger Curry was just yelling and 
barking at him and everything and whatever. And then that was a couple of years ago. And then I looked at a recent video and they were doing a panel together. Like, like those are two things I see the most beefs and panels. And some of the panels have like 20 dudes on them. I'm like, <laughs> how do you even talk? Like there's 20 dudes and it's just talking about black women and baby and single, single mothers and mm-hmm. pookies and Ray Rays. And tw- like, what do you need 20 dudes to talk about that? Uh, that's a good question, actually, because when I first came in there, I was, a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of one, one criticism of the Black Manosphere is that a lot of conversations are very futile. And I think what attracts people is really, you know, so they say social media attracts nobodies. So it really just attracts people with a lot of problems in their personal life. And they just get to vent for like three hours on random yep. panels. And I mean, you, you'll literally, you can literally watch content for a day and you can see the same individual on different panels from 9 a.m. in the morning to like at night. I'm, I'm not I'm being literal about I, that too. I, no, that's what I'm laughing. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, but no, some, yeah, you're right about the beast. Um, some, I think Alan Roger Curry and Mumia Obsidian Ali are like frenemies, so they, they can get along, but they probably don't really like each other that much. But most of the beasts actually don't start on panels. They actually occur in um, back chat. So one thing about the Black Manosphere is that many of these people, they're friends with, they're mutual friends with each other on Facebook. They have each other's phone numbers. Some of them have met each other in real life. And it's really the drama that occurs in the backstage that later, that later explodes um, to the public. And I don't know what, I mean, it's always something different. People scam people, uh, lie on people. It's, it, it, it varies. But it's kind of like a reality show. Like, it's really entertaining. I mean, like, I've seen the, I've seen the white manosphere right Mm -hmm. the white manosphere a lot of those dudes used to really believe they were building some kind of magnum opus so there would be like a MGTOW guy who would have a whole bible of MGTOW and then there would be like some pickup artist guys who would just have all these uh, rules and tricks of picking up girls and some incel guys with with some insights and what these dudes would do was just debate debate and it was almost like they were trying to create like some kind of canon or create some kind of um brand encompassing theory or something. It was all like intellectual masturbation, but it was still like the content was really kind of about trying to make meaning out of, even if the meaning they were making was toxic and wrong. Whereas Mm -hmm. these guys, they don't really actually talk about um, the actual ideas, maybe because they don't change and it's been years, as so much as who's beefing with who now. Like that seems to be most of the content and drama and who's falling out with who and who believes in what now. And, and, And they do more content about the manosphere than about, I think, the actual advice. I think the advice mm-hmm. is a small part of it. For example, Manosphere 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, but none of the videos describe what the difference is. <laughs> It's just pretty much uh, who was a content creator at the time. That's pretty much what's the differentiation. So it's not an evolution of theory. It's no. just kind no, of... No, it's just who was like uh, the major content who creators the at that individual right now? time. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So that adds more to what I'm talking about. The fact that the kind of theory and content isn't as important as the personalities and the developments, uh, it seems. Like maybe it wasn't always that way, but that's what it seems to be now. Mm-hmm. I forget, there was something you said earlier I was going to comment on. Oh, yeah, you said something about the conversations not being very, like, intellectual. Yeah. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I don't know. I'm from the Northeast. I'm pretty blunt, but a lot of guys in the space aren't educated. Just sorry. And so it's interesting. When I first came across the space, I was really confused as to why a lot of content creators would criticize their listeners for not liking to read and write. I'm like, that's kind of like insult to somebody's intelligence. But the more I started like um, interacting with them, I realized like, man, a lot of these guys just do not read. Some of them admittedly don't vote. Um, whenever they talk about a subject that I'm well versed in, I could tell they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> 
So then the actual content creators themselves get frustrated with the... Well, some of the content creators don't read either. Like, it, sometimes it is, like, maddening, actually. Like, I sometimes want to pull my hair out with it. Well, I saw a video you did about a lot of people talking about not reading, and you put a compilation clip where people were just getting things, like, blatantly wrong that you mm-hmm. can just Google mm-hmm. and, and figure out. But then they would want to debate about it. Like like me and Kenny, they want to have us on to debate. But I was like, what are we going to debate? Because this is all subjective stuff. Like, you know, they want, they want to debate about getting laid in America. And I'm mm. like, I'm, I'm too old to have a debate about that. Well, you know, Vita, you know, Vita, Vita has, because I've been kicked off Twitter a few times for being funny, put it that way. <laughs> so Vita, Vita has more interaction with them because they dive in her mentions. Now, this is the crazy thing. And I'm glad that you said something about, I know y'all have heard me say this a bunch of times. They couldn't get a date with some girl in seventh grade in 1994, and they ain't been right since. Oh, uh, there's a but story I, of that. Uh, yeah, I, but I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, but I think is I, I think that on top of because I always want to get into like, man, who's these people's parents? Because I, I I have a I have a brother, um, and my brother told me a story once about a guy that he used to hang out with. This kid, they were probably like 14, 15 years old at the time. My brother's 36 now. But he, he told me, he said, they went over to this dude's house and he wasn't there. But they didn't know. And his mom answered the door basically butt-ass naked and was trying to sleep with his friends. So I'm like, well, if something like that's going on, then maybe that's why these dudes are kind of messed up in the head with their views of women or whatever. But this shit is deep. Like, it's it's crazy. I feel like, I feel like they almost um, always have, I feel like they almost always have mommy issues. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because that does. I do want to talk about like their backgrounds. It's so, usually a narcissistic mother, huh? Usually, so Alan Roger Curry, he's he's been he's been interacting with these guys more often than I have. And he said one thing he noticed that a lot of guys come from dysfunctional backgrounds. Uh, many of them grew up in like cities that have very hyper segregation. Particularly, they only come from a handful of cities, literally, like Chicago, Milwaukee, New York, Houston. LA and that's really it. Other than that, everybody else is kind of scattered, but those are like the main cities that they come from. So yeah, they largely grew up in like very impoverished, predominantly black areas. So they do ad- adapt anti-black views because they kind of associate poverty with blackness and they kind of think like how people acted around them, that's how black people act um, collectively. And many of them were raised by single mothers and had probably a dysfunctional relationship with them. And social scientists know that men who have misogynistic views often had a very hostile relationship with their mothers. And some of them just had like bad series of um, relationships or bad marriages. I mean, there's people who've been divorced twice or just um, bitter child custody disputes. It's really no different than what you hear in the um, white manosphere. It's all the same. Now, they they will dismiss that as like a female or quote-unquote feminist talking points when you say you have mommy issues, but it's really true. A lot of them really are um, upset with their mother. For, for example, Mumia Obsidian Ali, he has a famous story he told and got made fun of it, the prom story. So he graduated from high school in 1986 and he was, he was going to the high school prom and he couldn't get a date. And his mother and sisters, he had three sisters who felt bad for him, offered to off, suggested that he go out one of their friends and he he didn't consider their friends to be attractive he was kind of upset because he said his sisters had attractive friends but they didn't ask him so he told them that he wasn't going to the prom they got mad at him and the incident upset him so much that he skipped his high school prom skipped his high school graduation and left home and didn't see his family until 10 years afterwards oh wow oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's some that's some mental shit that's some mental shit yeah yeah it's quite the origin it's quite the origin story that's something Wow. Yeah, you can read it. It's on the Negro Manosphere blog. He kind of recounts it. 
also think the difference, also think, and I don't know too much about the white metal sphere, but I also know, I think that the difference between the two could also be, these brothers come from, like you said, a lot of them come from inner cities, but they're kind of like outcasts, like they weren't athletes. Yeah, they weren't thugs. They weren't, yeah. they weren't, they weren't on the block. They wasn't the dope boy. They wasn't popular. The women didn't just, they didn't have that charismatic um, aura about them. So women didn't flock to them based on their aura. You know what I'm saying? Some dudes that my brother's like that. My brother's a guy that he ain't got a job, but he can get a woman. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So they didn't have none of that going for them. So they, they end up being like social outcasts. And I always, I'm 39. So I can remember back in the 90s, those kids. I remember those kids. You know what I'm saying? And they always mm-hmm. got into like video games a lot. They got into uh, those card games, Dungeons and Dragons, Pokemon. They started getting into all of that kind of stuff. Now, this is pre-internet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's where they started going. And But a lot of those dudes ended up getting girlfriends but the girlfriends were weird too you know <laughs> but then that's but then that's weird right is that i know a lot of people they weren't like super athletes in in high school they weren't thugs or whatever but like they would just be like normal dudes who can get girls and yeah. could could maintain friendships like i don't understand like where this dichotomy comes from where it's well first off it's in their imaginations but to some degree it also also kind of seems real because these people keep falling into those categories of this thing if I'm not a thug or a super athlete or a rapper, then, you know, or some kind of like stereotype, then I'm the nerdiest of the nerdy, you know, like their lives or their um, stories seem to keep falling into this kind of um, binary view of what it's like to be a black male. And I'm just kind of, mm-hmm. kind of yes. wondering how much of that reflects some kind of reality or their imagination, you know, because. So it's interesting you say that because so one thing I do admire about the black male sphere is that it tries to challenge um, stereotypical views of black men. So they argue that. Um, they try. They pretty much try to expand the very rigid confinements of how society structures black masculinity. But simultaneously, um, in the group, they literally have a limited definition of black masculinity. So yes, you exactly. pretty much criticize them. They have these own esoteric terms like a mago, which is a guy who defends black women, a simp, a white knight, etc. That's my, that's my, one of my biggest criticism of the space. I'm like, you can't really say masculinity is black masculinity is limited but then you also try to have those same confinements for yourself for well, you know that you, you're going to get called a you're going to you're going to get called something negative about anything that they can't do or that they think they can't do so if mm-hmm. they want to call you a simp for the simple fact that you interact like me and i, mm-hmm. I don't want to make this about me but it, mm-hmm. it, a lot of this shit happened to me so because i flirt with women on twitter i'm a simp now i ain't paying <laughs> these i ain't paying these women nothing i ain't giving them shit you know what i'm saying i'm the, i'm i'm of the era of pay me or pay me no attention i don't get into all of that you know what i mean i'm not giving you nothing i might give you some attention but we giving each other attention you know what i'm saying i got called a simp because i was doing that i got called a simp because i had uh vita and my homegirl jasmine on the live stream with us and i'm like wait a minute so basically because you feel like you can't obtain this attention from women whoever else can that's something negative and they what they do is they try to hide it behind i care about black men i care about men i'm like bro you kind of sounding a little sweet like that bro like yeah, that's true. I mean, even the whole um, Pookie and Ray Ray debate, that is, it's more about sexual competition than le- yes. legitimate concern about the dating preferences of black women. Just, that's, that's, that's really all it, really it comes is. down to. Yes, it, it really is about that. And it, it, it really reminds me of how a lot of white dudes, especially racist white dudes, their hate for black men really does boil down to penis envy, as they call it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It has a lot to do with sex. And, and you know, it's part of our culture to be sexually wanting to be uh, sexually attractive or to be 
sexually satisfied or whatever. It's, that's normal. It's, it's human nature. So when you feel like you can't obtain that, you will do anything you can to stop someone else from doing it or so that you can get it. So now you got dudes out here taking pussy and then you got dudes out here making fun of dudes because they have access to women. Like there's some really weird stuff and I believe all those dudes need to be on pills. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because um, take like interracial dating in a black male sphere. So one thing I still have a hard time wrapping my head around. So a lot of, so don't get me wrong, there are guys who oppose interracial dating in the black male sphere, but you do have groups like SYSBM who promote it for black men, but oddly don't want black women dating out to the point that there are content creators who make video after videos about black women who get killed by their spouse who are non-black and or just, you know, just bad dating experiences. Uh, I, like I said, I haven't found a, cut, a clear-cut answer to why. I only see one Twitter post where a guy admitted that he just doesn't want to see, even though he dates out, he don't want to see black women dating out because he don't like the idea of women rejected him having expanded dating options. So <laughs> I yeah. appreciate the honesty. <laughs> I, 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 I wish more people would just spit it out like that, you know? Yeah, so much of the uh, interracial dating, a lot of it is really, um, it's, it's, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, vindictive. So they want black, they're, they, they're literally the guys who celebrate that black women supposedly don't have dating options. And like, like <laughs> you know what's funny with all that, right? Um, I watched an O'Shea Duke Jackson one and he called out um, Donovan Sharp for having opinions on a black community. And he was mm-hmm. like, if you don't uh, date a black woman, you shouldn't have the right to have an opinion about about that. And then uh, I was like, oh, wow. So he's he's pretty, um, so he seems pretty pro-black. But then I, I found the SYSBM guys and people like <laughs> Mad Bus Driver and those people. And this dude gets so happy anytime a white woman likes a black man. Like even if it's like porn where it's like scripted, it's not even, it's clearly not real stuff like you know like they have these like porn videos and i think the videos are meant to be like a white woman talking about how much she likes black men and how Mm -hmm. white men are going to go extinct and they have small penises and a black man i'm like okay this is clearly a promotion for something this is not a real Mm -hmm. woman just candidly um talking this is like some kind of like fetish video and this guy mad bus driver he will like do live commentary giddy over this like clearly staged um fantasy fantasy oh, yeah. video but somehow like these different groups SYSBM um people like O'Shea Duke Jackson who seem to be to some degree um pro-black I can't fully grasp the um, ideology pro-black male what's that it's pro-black male oh, it's pro-black. not really pro-black well he, well mm-hmm. he seems kind of pro-black relationships at least like even if yeah, an app front, yes. Yeah, somehow these guys will all be on panels together. And it's in some ways, I kind of admire it. But in, in other ways, I think that's where all their beefs come from because they really are not that similar as they pretend. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes. So that's, I'm going to SYSBM. That's like one of my favorite groups to write about. It's like nonstop comedy. <laughs> yeah, they're they, they, they worship white women from the ones that I see. And I don't know if everyone yeah, is they, like they that. Literally do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, SYSBM. So SYSBM actually originated before the Black Manosphere. So it was created like in 2012 or 2014. Oh, we should say what it stands for, by the way, for people who don't know. Oh yeah, so SYSBM stands for Save Yourself Black Man or Men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a group that pretty much promotes interracial dating as saving oneself and demonizes black women. So it's founded by a guy named Mad Bus Driver. You know, the guy that wears like a helmet. Um, he does that for privacy reasons. So in case you're wondering. So he, so he originally. Yeah. Yeah. He originally started. So he, he, he called him Mad Bus Driver because he was a bus driver. And his original content was literally about uh, what he saw when he was driving kids on the bus. And his perspective, he said, well, the non-black kids had two parents household and they acted properly. But the black kids who had single parents household, um, single mother 
other, they acted kind of radically. And if, if later on, he eventually would start adopting the whole SYSBM um, mantra. And it's, it's, it's not a big group, but it has kind of been embraced by large segments of the um, Black Manosphere. But to me, it's one of the most incoherent groups I've ever come across. Because, like I said, you know, they don't they don't date or deal with Black women, but they still talk about them. And they, their argument is that, well, we still have to deal with, like, bad customer service and other um, public interaction. <laughs> they blame but, single but, Black women for everything. I saw a video where they blamed them for the, I say, I think it was in your videos, they blamed them for the Civil War, World War yes, One, uh, World, World War One, II, II. and yeah. something else. Uh, um, Harriet Tubman isn't real. Yeah. Like she was, what? Yeah, she, what? Yeah, they said she was created in 1942 to a please black woman. Uh, so but they yeah, just go all the way out with their conspiracy. Yeah, they don't just attack some... black women of the present, they also attack them of the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, with the Harriet Tubman thing, they were like, uh, the real abolitionists were white women. You know, you know, they, they find a way to somehow like praise white women. Uh, but you know what I find to be the most fascinating about them is they seem to be able to blame everybody else. Like it's everybody but them. It's like it's black women. It's the simps. It's the Pookies and Ray Rays. It's the it's like always this thing where there's no self awareness at all. And in fact, it's like you don't even have to have any because nothing's your fault. It's all about these horrible black women. So even though SYSBM, I said, like I said, to me, it's comedy, but it's really some of the most hateful stuff I have ever come across following this group because they go on live streams and get thousands of views and just say things like, well, you know, sex with a black woman is equivalent to practicing bestiality. Whoa. And, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, you know, black women private parts look dirty unless they're light skin or biracial. Oh, I saw one I where they talked about eugenics. There's a bunch of them talking yes. about how, you know, the IQG passed primarily through the mother, not the um, father. So if you want to raise the IQ, it's important to get a white woman. But I'm like, wait, you're kind of dissing your own genes, like like yourself, like, you know. But they're like, yeah, our genes don't matter because we're men. But the women, that's where the IQ genes pass by. And you don't want those Pookie and Ray Ray IQ genes. Like, just crazy white nationalist style eugenic yeah. stuff about mm-hmm. their own race. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's really internalized racism, even though they will argue against that. I mean, they, they don't they don't have any they're nothing special about these guys they just come from similar to the manosphere they just come from impoverished backgrounds and they just kind of blame black women for those um conditions and even to, even though a lot of these guys are married and they still talk about um, black women they're, they're oh yeah they're married with kids married? yeah many of them many married with kids i'm pretty so, sure their wives are no better because sometimes their wife knows about their activities and they actually support it <laughs> so. i i actually um find that interesting because my my baby brother he's 15 he doesn't listen so i'm not worried about him getting mad about this mm-hmm. <laughs> but he has a friend who is black who is a republican um mm-hmm. they're the same age he's being raised by his white grandparents He's half black, half white. Mm-hmm. He's being raised by his white grandparents. My baby brother was saying how he basically has all conservative views. Um, he he even like has blatantly said like ill black women. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they talk about like celebrities or women they have crushes on, he's like, if you say he said when I would say Beyonce or Rihanna, he would say uh. But his girlfriend is like this overweight white trash <laughs> white girl. Mm-hmm. So, but but he has like all this hate for black women, how they look. Their skin is too dark. All this other thing, you know, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that his mother is, you know, a drug addict. Mm, yep, yep. And, and she and, and he's being raised by his white grandparents. And they're probably feeding some of that bullshit into his oh, brain. Absolutely. You know, you know, the thing is, um, a lot of these dudes, because a lot of these dudes come from abject poverty. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And and I don't want to get all spooky or nothing or political, but you know, when you're in the system. 
as black people in this country, you know, the system beat your ass down into the ground. Who knows? You know, it's, it's something that I remember uh, Joy DeGruy, Dr. Joy DeGruy talked about. And she said, talking about black people that coming out of slavery, never got any therapy. Then you go through Jim Crow, never got any therapy. Then you go through all these different things. There's no therapy. So when you don't receive therapy, who knows what's going to come out of your mouth, what your actions are going to be. And I think for these dudes, and that's part of it, because they come from ad- abject poverty. They come from dysfunctional backgrounds, dysfunctional homes. I've never heard these dudes ever talk about having any type of male fit figure in their lives. Mm-hmm. Whether it was their father, whether uh, a coach, whether it was a teacher, like it's almost as if they grew up, bad thing happened to them when they were younger, bad thing happened to them when they're in middle school, bad things happened in high school, and they just isolated themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they're just pretty much on their own. And because of the way the internet is, because T will tell you, I blame everything on the internet. The internet is the devil. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> We're all going to die and we're going to get to the pearly gates. And we're going to find out who the devil really is. It's going to be a fucking computer. So when they got on the Internet, they don't need therapy because they found other people that think like them. And so when you dive into those rabbit holes, they'll just go along with anything. And that's why they all support each other, because they know without each other, they ain't shit. They're going to be back isolated in their mom's bedroom, wherever they live, they're going to be yeah. stuck and they don't sure. want to be stuck. So the Internet brought these people together. I didn't know anything about Reddit until or Tumblr until T told me about it. And it starts to make a lot of sense. Like these people found a, a, a neighborhood for them all to be in and they can't live in real life like the divesters. They cannot live in real life. Real life is scary to them. Yeah, I mean, and they also claim they make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, they all make six figures. I did see that. Motherfuckers, motherfuckers deliver pizzas. Oh, in fact, in fact, one of the reasons why um, I'm going to say his name, Black Male First Media. Oh boy, yeah, I know about him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he got mad about something I said about. Uh, oh I know what it was some black guy dissed black women that's something stupid and disrespectful Mm -hmm. so I retweeted it and I said I bet you play Super Smash Brothers huh (laughs) (laughs) well black male first media didn't like that he retweeted that and said see I've been telling people about Vita which was already kind of weird Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he's like you know so he's like going off and one of the things that he says to me and to one of my friends who was um, you know defending me he says like I, I was basically dissing educated black guys. I was like, and I was like, what are you talking about? Nope. Nothing I said had to do with any type of education or oh, um, guys who are successful. Like somehow he turned it into that. He started Which, telling on himself because he has to prop himself up because for these dudes, in order to prop themselves up, they have to be smarter than everybody else, got better jobs than everybody else. And it's always a STEM job. But they look gotta at have what triggers jobs. them. But look at what triggers them, though. That's the thing that I trip out off of. Yeah, like, that, that same what, conversation. I got banned from Twitter because of that conversation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Black first male media. He is um he's very wacky, actually. So he has another channel you probably don't know about called the Trick Podcast, where he pretty much advocates prostitution. But I mean, I, again, I'm not against sex work, but he doesn't seem to like sex workers. I mean, he had a Facebook post where he advocated getting a burner phone in case you impregnated one uh, and even recorded some instances of him having sex with sex workers. Oh, yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, his views are very um, fringe, by the way. He's not, I don't think, I don't know, he's, he's not really well, he's not really respected by a lot of people. I don't see him, in a, he he purposely stays away from a lot of spaces, but if you listen to his content, so, it's, it's just on a fringe. So there is kind of a, a, a bottom to what a lot of the um, um, black mass for people will do. Like, like it's not anything goes. There's, there are some people who can be a little too crazy, even for them. Um, somewhat. They'll still like take him in. I mean, I made a video where they literally still support a guy who committed pedophilia, armed robbery, and strangulation. Uh, they'll still tolerate people. Yeah. 
it's just that he per- some people purposely stay away from that. But no, you go to his channel, you'll see major content creators in his live chat. Oh, basically because he badmouths black women. That's the guy that bad. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Women. Yeah, you badmouth black women, they'll find a way to forgive a lot of stuff. Hold on, I found one of the videos you made. I hope mm-hmm. this makes sense when I play when I play it. Uh, I have this new thing that where I should we should be able to hear my what I play directly. But uh, this is a mad bus driver guy who's like just basically <laughs> going crazy over these clearly like scripted um, testimonials. Mm-hmm by white women about how much they like black men. And you can hear his voice uh, excited in the back. Oh, he's going ham. Hey, big, strong black man. Who is so vasculin. are huge. They know how to be going ham on those white boys, no. Anywhere where there's black women, where the English language is spoken, just, it's, it's, it's a rap, man. It's a damn rap. I take, I take a fat white chick with a fat black chick. Yeah. You black women? He said your he said your vagina. Uh, he's a worse word. It's like a, yeah, he can't pronounce words properly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like a, a petri dish. Yeah, laced with bacteria. That's what he pretty much said. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. That's that's. You know what's crazy? I don't think these guys realize that they're while they think that they're proving a point about how terrible black women are. They don't realize that they're screaming that they are in need of mental health services. Like yeah, yeah. it's like they're telling us, like, "Hey guys, I have issues. I need to learn how to love myself." They I'll think s- they're saying one thing. They're not saying that. Yeah, they're in their forties, by the way, too. Was that? Most of them. Most of those SYSB really guys are in their forties. So they're mm-hmm. really, really hurt. You know? Oh, they've been hurt for the last thirty years. Yeah, married with kids and still doing this kind of content. Yeah, but also the kind of white women that they must get must not hate. Yeah, not attractive, <laughs> but also probably don't respect them to a degree either. Because how can you like want to be around somebody who badmouths their own race that much? You can't think much of black like if you're with someone of a certain race and you have to hear them constantly demean their own race uh Mm -hmm. but trying to isolate it to the opposite gender to some degree that person i think must not think much of your gender of that race either you know no that's usually the case but then again i mean that's why sbm in the manosphere they're pretty anti-black if i'm being honest i mean i know they say they try to speak for black men but you what you do when you hear their full beliefs especially when it comes like to political issues police brutality um, they say that's a non-issue, doesn't exist. You know, they're avid Trump supporters and only 50% of black men voted for Trump. Uh, yeah, they just tend to hold on to like, that's one thing that confused me about the space is that they kind of spew a lot of anti-black rhetoric, even yeah. though they are black men. And also, I, I'd imagine the non-black partners they get must be anti-black as well. You said what? Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying I imagine the non-black partners that they do get must be anti-black as um, well. That's that's the case in my personal experience when I met people like that. <laughs> when I, when, you know, those people is like, uh, I noticed that it was around 2016 when Trump and all the Trump stuff started. Mm-hmm. And I started noticing this fringe group of dudes that are always weird, saying weird stuff. It was almost like they were voting for Trump just because, just to be different, just to be an asshole, just oh, to be a dickhead, yeah, just to be contrarians. Like they weren't going to, they weren't going to benefit anything out of Trump being president. I mean, most of them barely have jobs anyway. So they were voting against their own interests. I'm not saying that they should have voted any other kind of way. But what I'm saying is they were doing it as a joke. Like, oh, black women are voting. For, they're voting for Hillary Clinton. Fuck those bitches. We're voting for Trump. 
And that was their only reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it comes to um, so the red pill actually took a very political, um, a right wing turn when Trump became became when Trump got elected president. And in the black male sphere, when it comes to Trump, there's there's a divide. Even though a lot of them do support Trump, too, it kind of shocks me sometimes. Um, there's people, of course, who oppose him. But there are people who okay, they don't like his policy, but they like what he represents in masculinity, or they don't like his character, but they also same time they might like his policies and also what he represents as being a man. So that's pretty much how it boils down to when it comes to their support. But yeah, many of them are going to vote for Trump this um for re-election. Right, hold on, I gotta play. I, I gotta play this one. Hold on, mm-hmm. uh, this one is one of your videos, and this one is very good. Hold on, it's about two minutes. It's about when they blame him for everything. The fact that this black female is their enemy. This black female is she's an asset of the state. She works and she's controlled by the state. She works directly against black men. She's been doing that for the last, at least the last 60 years. Some people even say that she, this goes back, I mean, this really goes back to slavery and beyond. Because look at the times of slavery, where basically black men organize revolts. And who <laughs> yeah. basically, who blew the whistle? I was these black witches, man. They say, they say black women uh, blew the whistles on all the uh, slave revolts. <laughs> so um, so the, the guilty is that. relatives in the South told me Point times like, um, hey, gee, there were mass slave rebellions. I mean, we had like, you, dude, if if a black woman would have kept her mouth shut back then, you would not be having World War One or World War Two. Right. First, so basically, if black women kept their mouth shut during slavery mm-hmm. and didn't mess up the slave revolts, somehow we wouldn't have had World War One and World War Two. And this is a whole panel; it's not one guy, yeah. and they're all just agreeing with this nonsense. And I'm like, "Come on, someone's got to tell this dude, yeah, shut the fuck up." Just, so, in the, one of the articles I wrote, I did mention a book that they misused called "Daughters of the Trade." Oh yeah, um, yeah, because I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a university, so I pretty much have access to books digi- digitally, and so I, yeah. I read the introduction and a few chapters and then I contact the author. I just want to see what she would think about it. But in their mind, they pretty much were arguing that because like black women married non-black men and somewhat contributed to the slave trade, black women were to blame for the slave trade. Even though that's not the, what the book is arguing. No, actually. It's not. It's I've seen her talk about it. I've seen I mean, her talk. We know that Africans were like participants, but yeah. they don't have the same camaraderie as we think of black identity now. But they, they just totally misread the book and they were citing that book for years until my article came out and the one guy, BGS Itmore, who you mentioned, he deleted all the videos where he referenced it. After uh, the was it because, was it because because um, your article spoke to the woman and she disavowed their theory? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, so- I, I contacted her by email. Okay, yeah. Th- I'm glad you said that because um, I don't know if you, Kenny and... Uh, Kenny and Reader, I don't know if you know about this lady in this book, but it's daughters of the of the trade, and it's these um, black women who got to man got to marry into these slave trading families and stuff, and they love that book and that is proof somehow. The same way there's a certain type of black woman that hates black men, so it takes like the 15 percent of black men that voted Trump and uses that to justify creating like bigger long in the Harriet movie and say that you know black men did X Y and Z. These people take this one story of a particular group in a particular time in a particular region and use it as proof that black women sell out black men everywhere. But if you look at the ladies' videos, she's not saying that. But in the comments to any of her YouTube videos, it's full of those dudes to the point you're like, you're like did I just watch the, the right video? Like, she'll, she'll have this very academic, very um, measured video. And then there'll be a bunch of comments like, that's right, you tell those black bitches, you know, and all this stuff. And then they'll be like, oh, she's finally telling the truth on those. Um... Nothing excites them more than a black woman 
that sounds like she's shitting on other black women. Oh, she's yeah, a white they woman. have some weird narrative. Oh, I remember she's, I she's a, a white woman. Stream once. Oh, yeah. I was listening oh, to a live stream once, actually. They were blamed. They, they accused black women of going to the Ku Klux Klan to get black men lynched. Which, is, <laughs> I mean, as somebody who had literally, like, studied lynching for a bit, I just find that so ridiculous because I'm like, most <laughs> lynchings were mob violence. <laughs> That's some of the most insane shit I've ever heard. Oh, the fact, it is. This is crazy. The fact that she's a white woman, I think, is relevant because I think it combines with the white woman fantasy. So I think they really like the idea that a white woman talking about how bad uh, black women were, which again, is not even what the woman's saying. And the woman has like publicly like disavowed them uh, several times. You know, also, you know, uh, you know, if they would have said like, I love history, especially African-American history, African history. If they would have said mm-hmm. that the mulattoes has something to do with squashing uh, uprisings in New Orleans in the 1700s. Okay, yeah, that did that did happen. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't because they were mulatto. You know what I'm saying? They were already a part of white society. But these people are literally probably going to tell you that Angela Davis and women that look like Angela Davis and, and you know, Asada Shakur, the dark-skinned black women were the ones that were squashing all the, the revolutions. And, like, it's to the, you know, I'm you know, the good thing, this is one thing I will say about those dudes. They stick to themselves. because they know is as crazy as the shit they say they know that if they brought that shit out into real life one they probably get their ass whooped i don't know what the thanksgiving dinner is like well i was gonna ask like these people don't there's no way they can have family and talk like this no that's why they keep their identities um hidden i mean there's guys who i have no idea how they look like or know their names there's people in the space who they have never seen one another before because they will not reveal their identities so here's, here's some of the craziest stuff that I found. Um, single, SYSBM blames um, single mothers and black women for black on black crime because I see, oh, I'm going to the exact That's a man on talking point, to be honest. That's not just SYSBM. Okay, as, as everyone, I'll give the exact mm-hmm. idea. The, the idea is that um, there's one quote, how many black men would be doctors, lawyers, engineers, if not for black women making them be thugs to get laid? <laughs> so, so black women are responsible <laughs> for black on black crime and the idea is that uh, they don't want to be thugs right but black women are like you need to be, you need to be a yeah. thug or you ain't getting laid so he's like damn and I know what you're talking about so. ready to go I was ready to invent a vaccine, but I got to go shoot Pookie and Ray Ray if I want to get laid. Yeah. So in there. Oh, you can finish. No, 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 I'm done. I'm done. No, I was I was just going to say, do these people actually live in black communities? Because I feel like they don't know any black people to say things like that. Okay, so that's a good question. So the first question is some do and some don't. Some of the people who complain about black people the most no longer live like among white people now. Actually, they still complain about it. Um, They go back to the um, crime piece. a common talking point in the manosphere and SYSBM is the idea that um, the majority of black men are in prison because of black women and the fact that black and black crime is facilitated by black men trying to impress black women. In fact, there is one content creator named Xanados Clutch who argued that in cities with a low segregation index like uh, Seattle, Portland, whatnot, he said like, well, black and black crime is low because black men have more access to generally interact with non-black women. Totally ignoring the fact that those cities are not as segregated. So, of course, crime is a little more like interracial. 
Also, <laughs> first, first of all, I live in Portland, sport. and he's lying. Uh, <laughs> I live in Portland. Yeah, I've been to Portland, but I, yeah, I was funny to name other cities. I just thought to see on top of my head. But yeah, that was his rationale. About how many content creators are there, would you say, at any given time? I'm sure some people float in and out of mm-hmm. the space, but if you had to guess. I would say, I would say the best guess would be 100, 200, maybe over 200, but I would say 100, 200 would be a good guess. Which channels do you go to to keep track of the most stuff? Because I figure you can't follow all 100, so you must yeah, have to can't. pick a small fraction that you feel generate the most crazy stuff. Like, what are, if somebody wants to go down the rabbit hole, like, what would be, like, a good couple of people to start with? Because I was so, intimidated. I couldn't figure it out. So, so of course, some content creators have changed their content. So, there's, there's, there's major content creators. So, the three main, the three big manosphere people is a one called, a person called Angry Man, O'Shea Du Jackson, and Mumia Obsidian Ali. Now, if you were to follow um, O'Shea Du Jackson, he, he, he does mostly pop culture now. He doesn't really have those panels where you get introduced to a whole lot of people. Now, there are other people who have smaller followings, but does generate a lot of craziness. So, Ramil Amir, if I pronounce his name right, um, he's actually very popular because he most pump and dump so he's like 31 year old guy who advocates to just you know sleep with women and just stop just cut them off well into your 40s and 50s <laughs> I, I, sometimes i wonder what's going to happen to him in the future but he, yeah, he used to be a former pimp um for, former military former porn star uh, that was revealed like recently also um, he didn't reveal it itself it just kind of came out well no, he told him so he said he was in it but he oh. didn't really elaborate it somebody found it it was like some amateur pornography yeah that's all it was okay um so yeah, him. I'd say Bernard Riley is another good guy. He's not. It's, he's not like fringe himself. It just his panels kind of get wacky, and you'll get introduced to a lot of uh, manosphere individuals like that. And when it comes to SYSBM, the best person is Bad Bus Driver. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's kind of funny. I, I just can't believe that guy is for real. I mean, no, no, he's, he's for so real. Thir- I, sometimes I wonder, like, man, this is an act, but no, he really believes everything he says. Yeah, he is so thirsty for white white women. I've never seen anything like it like it before. I mean, yeah, he's he's in the matrix like really hard you know what's scary though i think of these algorithms because i remember when youtube kind of first got popping and i kind of felt i saw a ton of videos just back and forth just hating on black women i think the, at the time it was tommy sotomayor mm-hmm. was like one of the big ones and i saw and over and over again i would see these videos and then i would go on like the, the hip-hop message boards and i see people sharing it and arguing it and debating it and honestly i was i was like 18 19 and it made me feel it made me feel really bad, like bad about myself. Like I legitimately thought black men felt this way because I had never seen a conversation like that. So I just assumed maybe I was living in a bubble and, you know, and I was oblivious and naive. And here's the real world. This is this is way bigger than just my neighborhood. So maybe this is what pe- black men really think. And I think that's dangerous. It makes me wonder, too, if that's how a lot of divesters and stuff got born. Like, what if some young girls, you know, who are on the Internet all day themselves uh, stumble on this and then they're like, you know, fuck these dudes. Yeah, yeah if you're on YouTube, it's, it's kind of inevitable that you're going to encounter these, especially on black YouTube. You're pretty much going to encounter these guys because one thing they do, they gravitate to a lot of uh, different content creators who aren't manosphere um, individuals. And they'll be in their live chats and sometimes they might appear on their show or they might invite them to their show. In fact, one guy, Kevin Samuels, he actually kind of blew up recently. He's from the black manosphere and, and he doesn't do it as much now, but originally a lot of his mods were manosphere individuals and sometimes he'll give them shout out or put their names to the tag. Yeah, I found, I found that guy and I sent it to Ken and I was very surprised that his 
follower count. Like he was weird. Oh, he changed him. the content. That's why he used to do. He, he was more like my. He was fragrance and cologne. He was in the manosphere, but he didn't really do manosphere content like that. He was more fragrance and cologne. Then he changed it to more like dating advice that he has kind of blown up since. Yeah, but he still weird. used a lot of red pill talking points in his show. Yeah, and what's weird to him too is, is he gets black women to call up, and I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why are these women subjecting? Like, he's abusive to the people that call, <laughs> and then um, these black women keep calling him for advice, and he just calls them old and washed up and whatever. And he seems he seems to have a female following alongside the male. Yeah, he does. Yeah, so, so a person left a good comment on one of my channels said, uh, you know, some some of the women who call in, they try to change the minds of some of the male listeners to say, like, oh, you know, all black women aren't like this. Um, very few people are trying to get, like, legitimate life advice. And I would say some of the callers are, like, you know, kind of down or to luck or at a low point in their life. It's kind of pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know. It, it's, 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 it's an interesting show. It's confusing to me why people call, but. So so do you think they kind of get off on some kind of uh, sadomasochistic aspect of it? Because I've seen that with some people's callers. Some people's callers seem to like almost like the way some people like getting made fun of by Don Rickles mm-hmm. at his shows. Like some people seem to enjoy like having their face rubbed in the dirt. Uh, yeah, I think some people call it a challenge. And the manosphere love the show because they usually take clip from that and use that as content to try to argue like all black women are like this. Like black women are delusional. This is why you pump it dump, etc. Oh, man, there's there's a. I've written some other funny things. Um, actually, wait, I'll let you. I'll let you guys ask something because I, I want to find a particular uh, quote, a video that Aaron. So, 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 do these guys ever like have maybe battle it out with the divestors sometimes? Yes. <laughs> okay. What, okay. What does that look like? Because I, I really want to see what that looks. Oh, like. those are the people. Those are the ones who make um, video clips about black women who are like murdered by their husbands who are non-white or just like you know get treated very badly by their boyfriends who are non-white. Um, I don't. I don't listen to a lot of investors' um, channels, but when I do, it's really the same talking points as SYSBM, but in reverse. It's like, oh, you know, black men just have a high crime rate. They're ugly. Just like leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> and you know they really it's like that's why SBM they both like they both really like each other they're just really heartbroken because if, if that was the case they wouldn't really talk about each other the most um, but right. you know some of the um, black manosphere a lot of their critique about black women literally is like a response to the divestors and a couple of black um, female content creators but they kind of talk about it in very general terms to try to assume that all black women are like this because another talking point they have is that um, black women secret truly desire to be with white men yeah so this is this is the thing way that I usually see them discussing these like these topics is usually in a way that's supposed to be purposefully antagonistic, in my opinion, to but to those to that particular opposite in particular. And I think because and the reason why I'm saying that is because I think they're using, like you said, they're using that small group as an example. So it's like they're using each other yeah. to prove each other's point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. both of them is proof of what the other one's talking about. So, right. so if I say that, you know, black women deep down all worship white men. If you look at the divestors, those women really do <laughs> worship white men. Right. So if mm-hmm. I can use them and say, oh, this is all black women. And then the black women, the divestors like to say, oh, we're, we're this way because black men uh, are hell on us. But uh, if you sh- if they use those guys as an example, like, I mean, it's a bunch of anecdotal evidence. Yeah, yeah. But they have something easy. To, it's a very vocal minority because it's so much easier to find divestors and Negro manosphere types than it is to find regular black people sometimes because these guys are very good at self-promotion. Like I've stumbled on these people at very different times. I've just never had them put into a cohesive picture the way Aaron has. But even when he was putting the guys up in his videos, a lot of them, I was like, oh, I've seen that guy before. Some of them a few years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I would say um, one thing they don't do. So, you know, you're right. They do kind of feed off each other. That's why they don't flag each other's videos because they need it as evidence. But if you're somebody like me criticizing them, they'll try to flag my channel. Down. So my first channel got flagged, but that's because I didn't really know how to operate YouTube properly. But my new channel has no strikes against it now. But yeah, funny, if you're a female critic, you can have less than 100 subscribers and you'll have a guy who has nearly 100K subscribers make a video about you. But if you're a guy, they'll just ignore you and call you a clout chaser. Mm. So they picked a battle very wisely. Um, you know, I want to put this part. Check, check this out. This is the one with the eugenics. Um, I hope it works audio wise. Like it might not. Some of it might be visual component, but I'll try to describe anything that's visual. You hear it now, right? Yeah, I hear it now. So, so this is on eugenics. Yep. Now, here's the propaganda. SYSBM also promotes a quasi-eugenicist ideology. Advocates believe procreating with non-black women will, will provide their children with the best resources, fair skin, good hair, and more intellectual capacity. Now, those are women arguments. Black men never said that. So, so, so that's someone who's, I guess, is responding to you, Aaron, and saying yes. that uh, they never said that and that they don't promote uh, eugenics. And then Aaron comes with the receipts. So these are the receipts that uh, refute what that guy claimed that no one there said that. You are a true practitioner of SYSBM. Put a one in the chat if you are a eugenist. I just want to see the numbers. Out and a bunch of people quick. put one in the chat. Miles, where do they come from? I don't know. They are seeds or seeds. They must grow someplace on a plant. Oh, this is a movie clip. Somebody wants this duplication to take place. But when they're finished, what happens to our bodies? I don't know. I'm going to jump past the movie clip. Who knows? Some people want to be done. That's what we need to do. Oh, this is that guy, Black Male First Media. This is your your friend, Rita. Hold on. He's one of these eugenicists. You black people that way. We need to build a new society. That is devoid of this element. That is devoid of the strag, the scraggle that. We have diluted this gene pool for the past, what, 200 some years? It's time for a change. But once you get rid of the scraggle daggle, scraggle daggle is like um, a hood rat, basically. You eliminate Pookie and Ray Ray. Once you eliminate Pookie and Ray Ray, guarantee you, IQ goes up. So basically, he's saying once you get rid of the hood rats, then they won't give birth to the Pookies and Ray Rays, and then the IQ points of the black community will jump up 50 points. And I, I don't know why you have to get rid of black women first somehow to uh, get rid of the Pookie and Ray Ray. Like, like, I don't think they know how genetics works. I don't know why exactly. Uh, actually, no, actually, that gets explained. I forgot. They said that the IQ gets passed through the women, not the men. That's yeah, what it is. Probably like 20 points. And give your seed to a better quality female, especially when it comes down to the process of building a family and passing on your legacy. Well, me, me and my friend, Will Hunter, we laugh about this stuff all the time, about how a lot of you Negroes, you want a light-skinned daughter, but you don't want a light-skinned son. Who gives a f- if your son is light He doesn't have the genetic makeup of the scraggle dagger. That's the point. You want to take that gene out of him. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, that's straight up yeah, eugenics. I, I'm numb to it, but, you know, it's, I can see somebody coming across that for the first time. They probably have the same reaction I did when I first came across a group. Oh, my jaw, my jaw dropped. This thing, uh... <laughs> it sounds insane. I mean, they just, and it doesn't make sense because they're trying to 
make it sound as though it's pro-black when essentially what you're talking about will damn near erase us. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, he, you know, it's crazy about that, too. It, in, in a way, they must, it must make them hate their biracial daughters because uh, the biracial daughter, she's going to be maybe light-skinned, hopefully, I say hopefully in scare quotes. I'm talking about their mindset. Hopefully, they should mean, be light skinned. They insist they don't, but I, I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, because I'm thinking if they get a dark skin, because not all biracial people are light skinned. Some of them mm-hmm. come out dark skinned. Some of them look like 100% black sometimes. They're going to really hate on her. But then on top of that, this biracial daughter, if what they're saying is true, that it's the black women specifically who passed down the low IQ genes, then who says 50%? black is low enough for that daughter you know she might still be propagating these low iq genes like I, I'm, I'm saying if you follow this crazy self-hating logic to its um conclusion like it's gonna affect the whole family lives everything mm-hmm. yeah i sometimes I, I, I wonder about that because I, I, you know a lot of hide their identities but i kind of wonder how their private personal lives are especially when it comes to an interaction with their kids but i don't know you know you can get on social media and pretty much tell people whatever you want to tell them the other thing I was thinking about was how these guys are talking about genetics and they don't even know anything about genetics, like the basics about genetics. You don't know which trait your child is going to get. <laughs> you have no clue. The other thing is, I noticed that they seem to think any man that's not them is a Pookie and Ray Ray. So they basically see real men basically in their circle. And that's pretty much it. Because anybody outside of that, they pretty much call either a simp or a Pookie and Ray Ray. Yeah, that's why they were confused when I came across because they're like, Oh, this is guys in graduate school pursuing a PhD, but I don't agree with them. And they, they literally could not like comprehend why I disagree with them. So they would just say like, oh, he must be working for feminists or he's trying to get into the media. He's trying to appease people to get an academic job. Like they were literally creating all these theories to try to rationale why I disagree, why I oppose them. The single mom stuff I like, <laughs> they, they blame single moms for somehow. I'm sure there's someone out there who has blamed uh, single mothers for JFK getting shot. Oh, society does that in general, honestly, when it comes to single mothers. Oh, society does that in general, but these guys blame single mothers for, I mean, I, I think Pat Moynihan would have struggled to come up with a lot of the stuff they've managed. Oh, to they love the Moynihan report. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but I'm, surprised that, I'm surprised they don't hate it for being too tame. They So just like conservatives do when they cite the Moynihan report to talk about, like, you know, black pathology, they do the same thing, but they only focus on moaning hands of comments on black women being like overeducated overemployed and calling the black community a black a matriarchy they kind of ignore the other stuff so a lot of people do that when it comes to the money report avita were you saying something i thought i heard you like a quick side note real quick biden shouted out Pat Moynihan not too long ago that doesn't shock me they were both in the senate together so that wouldn't shock me at all i remember that and i was like wow okay i see you yeah so that's the end of part one come back next episode for part two we hope you enjoyed this and we hope you enjoy the next part even more take care